It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Tom Brady is really retired, but a fair amount of the roster remains intact. What can we expect from Tampa in 2023? It's Bucks Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes. Your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day and a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, happy national mid-Atlantic does not get rain for at least an hour a day to you. I'm happy uh, to hear that for you. Um, well, because you, you remember last month was like mm-hmm. the drought of all droughts. And now it's rained like seven consecutive days. I'm going to give you a weird segue, but I got to fit this in. And I, I thought I've been wrestling with this for the last hour. If I wanted to bring this up on the podcast and you said okay. mid Atlantic and mid Atlantic was all I needed uh, to give me the inch necessary to bring this up. But did you know that in 1982, in the National Football League, a kicker won the NFL MVP award. Was unaware of this, dude. Okay, this so, was this, this, well, that was the strike season, right? It was. They played nine games. Doesn't matter. Nineteen eighty-two. <laughs> I think that's highly relevant. No, how, okay. no, 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 no. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Marcus <laughs> Allen or Dan Fouts deserved to be the NFL MVP that this this year. I looked it up today. Marcus Mark Mosley, a kicker for Washington, won the NFL MVP. Kyle, because. He was 20 of 21 on field goals. He was 16 of 19 on extra points. He didn't lead the league in scoring. So why do you win the NFL MVP? I can't answer that. My brother texted me about an hour before we did this podcast. He goes, dude, did you know that in 1982, a kicker won the NFL MVP award? And I'm like, no. I mean, how did I not know that? 
And then I looked it up and it made less sense. I'm like, okay, certainly he was like 50 of 50, scored 290 points or something. No, he was like, he, he missed. He was 16 of 19 on extra points. So he, Marcus Allen had 14 touchdowns in nine games. He led the league in field goals. And he led the league in field goal, made field goal percentage. He, dude, this dude didn't even kick a field goal beyond 50 yards this season. He did what not make a single happened? field goal. <laughs> what happened? Now, to his credit, the following year, I think, was an outstanding year. Right, it was, it was 65%. 62 of, no, he was only 70% from field goals. What was the 95%? I remember that was the, this. This, this. That was the MVP season. No. He was 95% no, of field goals. 20, 20 21. 21. Yeah, I yeah, got you, got you. But he made 62 extra points the following year in 83. <laughs> The 19-yard extra points, by the way, folks. Yeah, he was 16-19 yeah, in the MVP year. Um, yeah, we'll have to do our research here. I don't, have any, I don't have any just. This is going to wreck your day, and and that's good because I needed someone else. What is the 1982 U, UPI NFC MVP? What no is clue. That? No clue. But this was UPI? the AP NFL MVP as well. So with UPI, I don't know what that means. But are you kidding? The 1982 SN Player of the Year. I don't even know what that is either. Sporting I, News? Sporting News Player of the Year? That's got to be what it is. Wikipedia is going to tell us here. Uh, but anyway, in the meantime, I had something else for you, and now I've forgotten it. What a bummer. We could talk about the bugs. We could talk about the bugs. They'll come. It'll come to us. So we're going to talk about the bugs here today on the show. We are continuing our series of exploring player buckets and quality of roster and roster construction. And Joe, you, you just had to find a way to mention he who shall not be named in the pre-show and in, in, the, mm. in the intro, the cold open uh, Tom Brady. We checked our box. We've obligatory now mentioned him twice uh, off into the sunset. This Tampa Bay offense, other than a change at left tackle and probably an upgrade at right tackle at the expense of a downgrade at, or upgrade at left tackle at the expense of a right, downgrade at right tackle. We brought most of it back. Leonard Fournette is currently a free agent. That's kind of a big departure, but was largely ineffective last year behind that offensive line. They had a lot of youth on that offensive line to go with uh, Cody March as a new addition. Young players at the tight end room. They drafted another one. The wide receiver pillars are still the wide receiver pillars. Uh, what, what do we think here for the Kyle Trask slash Baker Mayfield led Tampa Bay offense? I, um, I think he's got nice weapons. I think this trio of Mike Evans, who just every year wakes up and has a thousand yards. I mean, just an incredible start to his career. And it's like, it's weird to say start because he's like nine years into it or something like that. But Every year, this man is productive. Chris Godwin, another quality starter to go with him. And Russell Gage, I think, is a nice number three there in terms of wide receivers. I like the youth and Kate Otten at tight end. I think he's going to be a good starter for them. Rashad White is a flashy starting running back. And so I think from a supporting cast, skill players, it looks pretty good. And the offensive line is where I might have the most questions. I mean, you certainly love Tristan Wirfs. You love Ryan Jensen. But you know, Shaq Mason's no longer part of this group. We'll see what Cody Mock can do as a rookie. Luke Godecki, probably one of your starters. I mean, I thought there was a, some traction for him to play guard. Maybe he's the right tackle. 
I think there's some things to kind of sort out here. The good news is you have some versatility with Godeke, with Mock, with Filer, with Hainsey, right, to kind of figure out some of your, your spots on this offensive line. I wish I felt a little bit better about what was around Jensen and Wirfs for this front five. Uh, they have options, but it does need to come together, and uh, it's going to be necessary for them to have a chance with whoever plays quarterback. I, I, I feel like it has to be Baker Mayfield. I never watched Kyle Trask a moment in my life at Florida and thought to myself, NFL starter. Um, and so I think their best opportunity wow. to win is Baker Mayfield. Another dagger in the heart uh, of listen, Kyle Trask. I'll keep saying I, the daggers. I haven't, I, I, haven't I haven't forgot your first one. <laughs> no, I won't either. I won't either. He, he And he won't either. So there you go. Uh, that's funny. People don't we'll, – we'll save that story for another day. <laughs> I don't – how do you te- – I, I mean, yeah, save it for another day. I don't know if we'll ever say it, but – just know that there's uh there's something there when it comes to my analysis on Kyle Trask and him not being happy with it. Um, I'm excited for the young tight ends, Kate Otten and, and Kokeith, and obviously Otten played a lot. Otten played a lot of snaps for a rookie tight end in a room that had other players. You know, between between Brait and Kyle, they had brought in Kyle Rudolph last season. Yeah. And Otten still managed to, to get a lot of run. I, I think he's going to quickly materialize as a an adequate level starter slash uh, we'll see what the ceiling is there. But I think his floor is an adequate level starter tight end. And I think he's well on his way because he handled all of the snaps he took as a rookie pretty well last year. Kaift is a little bit more hybrid type. If you're going to run 12, you could put him in the backfield. You could put him at inline tight end. He's just he'll kick your butt in a run game all day long. Kokeif's your favorite player in the NFL. Um he's definitely my favorite player on this roster. <laughs> just like purse, like not just for whatever. Like you, I feel like you have found ways over the last year to talk about Kokeif at a clip that didn't make have any you see, sense. Have to you me. seen the clips at Minnesota? <laughs> yes. Then you know why. <laughs> I you just there love you this man. You love him. He is a bulldozer. He will he will snatch your soul. Um Excited to get Ryan Jensen back. I, I think that's mm-hmm. ha- having him healthy all season, presuming he is healthy all season is a massive, massive, massive uh, win for the interior uh, because I, I guess it is a little discouraging to look at Hainsey and Gudecki and Leverett, right? They, these were fairly recent additions for that offensive line and they had to shuffle it all last year when Jensen went down and missed time and, if we're going to call it as it is, they were brutal last year. The interior mm-hmm. of the line was brutal last year. They could not run the ball to save their lives. They got push on nobody. Um, so to get Jensen back as the pillar there and then put Gadecki and Hainsey and Leverett in a position to be competing amongst each other instead, like, hey, we need all you guys, I think is a huge win. And then you add Cody Mauch on top of that. Uh, we'll, we'll see what that um evolution looks like uh obviously they they departed with Shaq Mason they traded him to Houston so the upheaval there I, I think is really fascinating to watch but Jensen being back I, I think is going to be a glue piece that is going to give them a fighting chance now I, I don't know how much I like this running back room if I'm being honest with you it's very fair to criticize it I think we're plenty optimistic about Rashad White coming out of Arizona mm-hmm. as a multifaceted back and he had some volume opportunities when Leonard Fournette, you know, his his limitations as a player were expanded upon by how bad they were on the interior last year. Um, Chase Edmonds, we'll, we'll 
kind of have to come to consensus on Chase Edmonds, but I don't think it's a coincidence that Keyshawn Vaughn was a third round pick and they've since invested a lot in the running back position to get other guys in there. So I just think that group leaves a little something to be desired for a unit that I don't think you're going to want Baker Mayfield throwing the ball 750 times a season like you had with Tom Brady last year. Two quick follow-ups here to close out our conversation on the offensive side of the football. Um, Number one is that I do think uh, the pronunciation police are coming for us. Um, I said Cody Mock. You said Cody Mach. Not sure what the correct way Mock, is, uh, but Mach, we're, we're, we're in trouble. Someone's we're, someone's getting arrested. And then I, the other, I said both, so I said it right either way. Okay. Well, and then the other one is um, uh, Luke. Is it Godeki? Is it Godeki? I don't know. Someone's Godeke. coming. Yeah, we're we're getting Luke, we're getting Godeki. Godeki. I said them both, so I said it right, right. either way. All right. So there we, we go. We, we have, will offline and make sure we figure it out. <laughs> The other thing is probably a huge part of this offense is no longer being under the coordination of Byron Leftwich, who really, yeah. really struggled last year. And, and I've, I've not enjoyed um, him as their coordinator. Just it, it's not enough of the things in terms of play action uh, balance. I know that like play actions, a myth, Joe, you know, it's, it's not a myth. And once and upon a time, he was the hottest head coaching right. candidate said no the to the Jags. Said no, said no, said no, get out of here. Uh, but how about Dave Canales taking over this offense as a coordinator? Something that I'm sure Bucks fans are very, very excited about, and I think is necessary for them to uh, kind of take the next step here, despite having a major turnover on the O line and at quarterback. All right, so we're going to shift our focus to the defensive side of the football here in just a moment. But first, I need to tell you about FanDuel. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's simply no better place to get in on the action than over at FanDuel. America's number one sports book because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet up to a thousand dollars. That's a thousand dollars back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today. And folks, I love betting over at FanDuel. It's a safe, secure, and easy to use website. Uh, they have great promotions every day, and the football's futures bets are a ton of fun. So whether you want to bet on the over under for projected win totals for each team player props when it comes to rushing, receiving, passing statistics. Week one odds are available for you right now. The awards, so the NFL MVP odds and uh, comeback player of the year, all that stuff is over at FanDuel. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I have the book on uh, Mark Mosley, by the way. Wow. Wow. Do you want to know why he won? Yes, I do. I'm more than anything in the world. I want to know why this man won the MVP in 1982. So in during the strikes is courtesy of Wikipedia. Okay. During the strike shortened 1982 season, Mosley converted 23 straight field goals across 1981 to 1982. 
a then NFL record. He made a league leading 20 of 21 field goals, a then NFL record 95.2% success rate and was responsible for 76 points. He became the first place kicker to ever win the AP NFL most valuable player. Joe, can you name the other two kickers who have won MVP, but did so while also playing other positions? Tom Dempsey. It's a good guess. No. <laughs> Somebody it's these guys in the sixties, man. It is. Yeah. Uh, Lou Groza and, and George Blanda. Yeah. All right. One so playing I, tackle and the other playing quarterback. Incredible. Also your kicker. Incredible. Um, but, but mostly one AP NFL MVP and then missed four field goals in the playoffs. Wow. It's an, it's a regular season award, <laughs> but here's like, okay. You still haven't given me a, a good enough reason that he should have won it over Fouts or, or Marcus Allen, but I can respect the field goal percentage thing because field goal kickers have just gotten so much better. Like if you remember uh, Morton Anderson, right? Like, is, yeah. is he a Hall of Fame kicker, if I'm not mistaken? Or one of these Andersons is a Hall of Fame? I don't know. The guy was like below 80% for his career. Like back in the 80s, these these field goal kickers were in the 70%. Now, if Morton you're not upper 80s in the NFL, you, you don't have a chance. Morton Anderson is in the NFL Hall of Fame. 79.7% uh, yeah. of his field goals made, whereas Mark Mosley made 65% of his career field goals. He was also a guy who kicked it directly on. Oh, yes. Like the, the straight ahead toe the kicker. Toe, toe, I, yeah. I, as a fellow toe kicker uh, from my one season of doing it in high school, uh, I can appreciate that. Anyway. Get some knucklers, but you know, the Bucks my best defense. chance. Bucks fans are so mad at us. Like, what are you doing? Hijacking you're getting, our play, you're getting plenty of time. You're going to get an extra five minutes of the show because we had playful banter about 1982 <laughs> AP NFL MVP kicker. I still don't have the reason why you want it. <laughs> <laughs> Defense, uh, Bucks defense. We got some blue chip talent on this defense, we man. We, we really do. Um, right now, consensus roster cornerstones: Vita Vea, Levante David, Antoine Winfield, quality starters: Shaq Barrett, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis. Uh, you've got some young players in a Kalijah Cansey who you picked in the first round that I'm sure there's some high expectations for. Um, you know, Joe Tryon Shoyenka, year three for him. I mean, how does that? Uh, develop how does he emerge so I think this is where your your best concentration of talent is and obviously Todd Bowles is a defensive-minded head coach um, there's a lot to work with here um, more so you know I have less questions about the defense than I do the offense yeah and, and really the offensive questions really are centered around the quarterback position right mm -hmm. I, I think the rest of it's passable right now um but I, I think there's a nice stable of, of players here on this defense that that excites me at all three and all three levels um Let's let's have a conversation about Levante David. Sure. Who was awesome last year. Every year he's awesome. What are your thoughts? I think we, we both agreed he's a cornerstone player. Mm -hmm. But what are your thoughts on Levante David coming back to Tampa with Tampa being in the position that they are in from a transitional standpoint, from a salary cap standpoint, from a void year or from a, a dead cap perspective, like, it just surprised me. And they obviously got him on a pretty strong yeah. deal. Like it's a pretty team friendly deal in the grand scheme of things. But the only, the only firm argument that I had for this being the right move for Tampa was Todd Bowles has to win to keep his job. 
Well, so seeing it from the player side of things, I mean, people stay in places or don't stay in places for different reasons. And maybe Levante, maybe Levante with Levante doing that. Well, I mean, but I I think that's, that's the surprise that I have. I, I don't, I don't doubt that the that the Bucks wanted him back, especially for the deal that they got him. But for Levante, you know, like surely there were opportunities for him out there to maybe go to a team that had a better chance, a more defined path moving forward, a quarterback, you know, more more resources to really build the thing back up. Um, but surely he looks at himself as a Buck, right? And and this is this is who he is. He wants to be part of this organization. And I. I respect any any player making whatever decision they feel is best for them. But when you're managing the team, that for me is where, you know, the price is probably too good to pass up on. But at the same time, you're you're getting ready to undergo a major transition as a team. And you've got a lottery ticket at quarterback, or we'll see how that falls. Uh, I think you're going to be you, you run the risk of being a little one dimensional offensively. Um, defensively, I, th- I think we, we've talked about the pillars. I- I'm a little concerned about the depth everywhere. The depth everywhere is concerning. And when you think about if, if there's an injury to Antoine Winfield Jr., there's a <laughs> cornerstone player at safety. Right. Ryan Neal was really good last year stepping in for, for Jamal Adams in Seattle. I think there's a little bit of a difference in, in how he's going to be asked to be utilized, but it's Nolan Turner, a UDFA from Clemson, and two UDFAs, uh, and Kayvon Merriweather out of Iowa, and, and Izeen, Izen, Izeen. We oui, oui. police. Oh, that was my, that was a siren, not, not a brand oh, new. Yeah. You got me really excited. No, no. So you, you, you largely don't have anything behind Winfield to play that spot. And you look at corner, right? And you got Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, and they're both quality starters. You know, props to both Todd Bowles and also for um, the brain trust there for going after those guys with their profiles as big, long, athletic, physical corners. Because um, they've, they've hit a home run with both of those guys. I think they're both very, very effective outside NFL corners. But it's Zion McCollin, Anthony Chesley, Dee Delaney right now is projected as your starting nickel. If you go with the nickel corner, Don Gardner, like what do we have here? I think that's the story on defense is like your starters are really good, but because of the salary cap alignment that you undertook to maintain and extend your Super Bowl winning window, which you have every right to do just like Tampa, but this is the cost of it, right? Is now you're seeing, well, Tom retires. We're on the hook for the dead money. We can't really pay to bring in a lot of depth, so we're a very top-heavy roster as as a result on this side of the ball. I think another X factor for this defense is two young defensive linemen, one being Joe Tryon Shoyenka, year three, and Logan Hall uh, was their top pick right last year. Um, I, I don't think he had a very good rookie season, and they're looking at him to be an answer, right? I know that Greg Gaines was a nice free agent addition. Um, yeah. I like, I love that idea of, I mean, if Kalijah Kansi is who they think he is, right? Vita Vey and Greg Gaines, I mean, that's a pretty nice odd front uh, trio. But I think the success of their D-line is going to be a lot more about Logan Hall's development, Joe Tryon, Shoyenka, Shaq Barrett coming back healthy, right? I mean, that was a real, that was crappy right, last year to, to see him go yeah. down as well. So, you know, I think and Yaya, and Yaya Diaby is another super athletic has a lot of opportunity here on this front. Yeah. So I think that stuff's going to be interesting in addition to Devin White. And, you know, we did an entire episode on Devin White. 
Um, we don't view him as a $20 million a year player like he does. Um, and what, you know, what do they do? What's the path forward here? He's not a player right. that I'd want to have a lot invested in. I think he's been extremely one dimensional and consistent to start his career, but he makes some splashy plays behind the line of scrimmage that I think skews the overall narrative when you actually watch him on a snap to snap basis. So, you know, what does he look like in his contract year? And I think we've seen players recently, linebackers, Tremaine Edmonds, Roquan Smith, like not that they were as shaky, but like play, clearly played their best football in a contract year. You know, what does that look like for Devin White? So that's the defense for the Bucks. We're going to come to consensus here on Tampa Bay. We have a couple of players that we got to sort out. We're going to do that next year on Locked On NFL Scouting. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Okay, Joe, we've got one, two, three players, okay. according to my sheet down here in front of me, that we need to come to consensus on. Let's start with Deidre Sanat. Okay. Backup nose tackle. Yep. Or, or we should say Vita Vey is backup. I think Sanat has the build, the frame. He's not one of these soft, big-bodied guys who's just there because he's a big-bodied guy. Um. I think there is a certain level of um, athleticism here that you also get. So it's the blend for me of being light footed for a big foot or big, for a big guy, but then also having an anchor and a squatty frame that has me wanting to put him in the quality depth bucket. I don't think he's ever going to be a high snap volume taker for you, nor should he be. But uh, I think as a, a backup nose tackle space eater, he's, I think he's a quality depth option. All right, if you, if you boil it down to that lens, I, I'm probably going to be willing to meet you there. I think my concern with Deidre Sanat is a third-round pick for Atlanta in 2018. Desperately have needed a, an answer next to Grady Jarrett. And across three seasons, he didn't even get to – well, no, he got, he got injured in 2021, right? Just not a lot of volume in terms of snaps played. And then he, he spent last year with Tampa and played 168 snaps uh, for the entire season, including the playoff game. Um, and so I, I think if you can appreciate him as a like, just a low volume of snaps, backup, run stuffing, nose tackle, all right, that's fine. I can I can Done. be convinced that he's quality depth, but lock him in. I I just wish there was a little bit more from my third guy here on this uh, on this front. Well, that's where you need Logan Hall to, yeah, really elevate, right? And that was the guy you spent your first pick on in twenty twenty two on. Traded back, right? I mean, traded back, trade... but still top thirty five pick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jake Camarda, I put in complete evaluation, <laughs> yeah. full, full transparency because he's just entering into his second season, but you made a very good point in the pre-show that we wanted to acknowledge yeah, to have I, congruency with how we've handled a similar situation. Yeah. We, we gave Stonehouse the, the quality starter tag as a, you know, as a rookie punter last year for, for Tennessee. And I thought All 100 could, Tennessee Titan fans watch that on YouTube. Yeah. You know, where were y'all at? Where were y'all at? The heck was that about? Titan down. It's what they told us. <laughs> um, Yeah. The YouTube audience is hit or miss the, the regular, the, the podcast feeds, you know, you guys are a lot more consistent, but YouTube's always fun. Um, What are we talking about? Oh, Jake, Jake Camardra. 
uh, yeah, I, I thought he was every bit as good as Stonehouse. I think the NFL infused the, the a lot of talent at the punter position last year. Jake Camarger is one of those guys for me. And because we gave Ryan Stonehouse a quality starter designation, in spite of it only being a one-year sample size because he was that good, we are doing the same thing here. So you get a quality punter. And that leaves Chase Edmonds. Yeah. As our last um, consensus discussion to have. Yep. And I know Chase Edmonds all too well. Well, do you? <laughs> you got four. You have forty-two rushes in eight games. Um, so I know he dropped that touchdown pass in the end zone against the uh, Bengals on the opening possession. So here, four. okay. I, here's this is if I were to set the scene on the Chase Edmonds conversation, I'm not because a Chase, you, you you put him quality depth. I did. Uh, I'm not a big Chase Edmonds fan. I, I've never, and I, I say this a lot. Like I think about being an opposing team and facing a, a player, and well, how does that make me feel? And it makes me feel no type of way about Chase Edmonds, right? Like I've never been a big fan. Um, but I, I want to be careful to not put too much into last year. Obviously, he earned a decent contract from the Dolphins. He lasted half decent the season. Contract six million per season. Yeah, that's a pretty decent contract. Oh, it's like it's like a top ten contract over the last ten years. Yeah, they probably back. thought they he was a team. little better than quality they, depth. They're replacement they level. And they got two point nine yards per carry and five drops for their what, their effort. Wasn't good. Wasn't good. He goes to Denver and and doesn't really do much either. But like that last year was not a great year for Chase Edmonds. And I would say you could look at both of those situations, Miami first eight games with a new, completely new offense. And, you know, he didn't assimilate himself very well to it and got cut. And then he goes to Denver and that was a, that was an absolute mess all year, but he still earned that contract because he did have some quality years in Arizona. And then Denver had him after the trade deadline. And you say, you know what? No guaranteed money on your deal. We don't want you either. You're cut. Understood. Two teams punted on him, and technically three teams punted right. on him. Right. So, in like, one if you want to put year. everything into last year, I have nothing to say to you. <clears throat> but if you do look at what he did in Arizona, being a pass catcher, right? Having some production there, being a complimentary back, I think he's that's what leaned into the quality depth label. If you want to point to everything last year, I have nothing I can I, say to you. I will concede players are not defined by a single season. That's a fair argument to make. So we will begrudged put Chase Edmonds as a quality depth player because you met me with Deidre and Sonat. So that's the I, went, I didn't think I was going to have branch. That wasn't going to happen. I, I went into this not thinking I was going <laughs> to concede on Deidre and Sonat. I thought I was um, going to have to fall into you on Edmonds because I didn't think that you'd be willing to move. So that's the Bucks. Big picture, looking at this roster, final thoughts. Well, I think you, you look at this roster – we've talked about it. It's this entire division where I don't know. Could you, you could talk me into any one of those four teams winning it. Right. And like, maybe it's the first to nine wins for this, for this division. And if you do it, guess what you get to do? Host a playoff game at home. Yeah. Congrats on hosting either the Eagles or Cowboys. Ooh. Cause that's, that's who you'll get. Wait, Niners are the one seed. You're just giving it to them. No, but you're a four seed. The Niners aren't not winning the South. Oh Lord, or winning the West. Yeah, good point. Thanks for thanks for thanks for that. Yeah. So, yes, I think that's you'll probably see the same layout is because that was last year. Tampa won it eight and nine, 
and hosted Dallas. Yeah. And after Dallas got thumped by Tampa to open the season, Dallas returned the favor in the playoffs. Yeah. I'd say it's a pretty logical outcome for whoever wins this division. It could be the Bucks. If so, you were going to say, if you're going to say, if it's the Bucks, it will be because of the defense and enough playmakers on offense. That receiver. Yeah, I just think he. I, I think they need somebody to step up. You've got Godwin and Evans. And Russell Gage, we had as an adequate level starter as a slot. Really fun player. Like his story coming out of LSU, yeah. being a big teams guy, like all that. It's really fun. Either Rashad White or Kate Otten has to elevate to a different level. I think for you offensively to have enough spacing challenges to play winning football with the quarterback situation being what it is. And we got to kick start the offensive line and like even your best player there and Tristan works like he's playing a new position. Yeah. So I think the weapons are going to have to, to really elevate and the defense can have to play well. So that's the path in my eyes. Uh, but our path is done. Joe, we have a treat for everybody on Thursday night. Oh, good reminder. Kyle. I got it in the bottom ticker here right now. Oh, that's clutch. Has it been down there the whole time? Yes, it has. Yeah. But and those of you who are not on YouTube, you might be surprised to find out that we have a live stream edition of Takes on Takes coming on Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So come with your takes locked and loaded. We're going to interact and have fun this Thursday, 9 p.m. on the Lockdown NFL Scouting YouTube channel. So hit subscribe. It's your yeah. teams every day mm-hmm. here. Uh, we appreciate you guys. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. You will get the Takes on Takes on the podcast feed, but come on Thursday night with hot takes for Takes on Takes for the live stream on YouTube as well. Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. We are the Draft Dudes, and we are out of here. Make it a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.